Hey guys, what's up? It's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is Wednesday, January 19th, 2022, and we are just coming off the um, book club series I did for the book that I wrote. I hope that you've read it or listened to it. Um, If you haven't, check it out. still available on Amazon um, or Audible. Um, and, um, I hope that, you know, you're finding some value in it and to everybody who's read it, I appreciate it. And I love your feedback. And, um, I wish I had the right words to tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you. Um, it means a lot. So uh, what I wanted to do is, is kick things off, um, with a separate topic. And if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you saw that this is coming and I had an email um, a week and a half or so ago that asked me about my advice regarding step parenting. And if you don't know, a lot of you do, maybe you don't. Um, I'm a step parent to um, a soon to be four year old. And I have been in her life since uh, before she turned two. So um, yeah, so I've been in her life from a young age. And I think that there are um, definitely bonuses for a step parent coming into a child's life at a young age, um, because that just kind of becomes their normal, right? Two different homes. Um, it's, it's a hard situation all the way around, I think, no matter what age. Uh, but I feel like for me, and I wrote about this in the book a little bit too, that, you know, she is, um, she's amazing. And I feel lucky to be in her life. And Jeff has done a really amazing job um, from day one about being mindful and thoughtful about when to introduce, um, when to introduce us and how to integrate that. So, you know, Jeff and I had to be sure that this is something that we were going to commit to and make a go of, right, before we introduced her into our dynamic. And um, there's not a day that goes by that he doesn't put his daughter, um, myself, and and our family first, no matter how hard things get. And so, I, you know, I can tell you that my experience as a step-parent um, – as wonderful as my my stepdaughter is has it's been trying it's had its moments right because i think what's important to remember when you're blending families is that we kind of i don't know if everybody does it but maybe you have this expectation of like okay we're going to blend the family and everybody's going to get along and we'll be a family unit and it'll be wonderful and that that isn't always the case because kids are coming from maybe a dynamic that they were used to before mom or dad moved on, right? And so this is a whole new dynamic um, that they're getting used to. And it's sometimes not as easy as we would hoped uh, would hope it to be. And, you know, I think it's hard to, and I, I posted about this on Instagram because kids don't... What am I trying to say here? Kids can't really see intention a lot of times, right? Be, just from basic clinical psychological development. It's hard for them to understand that your intention is a good one. Your intention as a step parent isn't to replace the mom or the dad or, you know, make things difficult. Your intention, it's hard for them to see that your intention is to love them and bring them into this family unit and for everyone to get along, they, 
they're not really great at picking up on intention. And so, you know, one of the things that I recommend, especially I think with older kids that you can have more conversations with is that it's okay to communicate um, in a loving, soft, supportive way that doesn't put pressure on the kids to feel like it's their job, right, to make everything better. Um, And, you know, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because I came into my stepdaughter's life yeah I mean she was hardly talking I mean she could she maybe knew three or four words and so I've just kind of always been a staple in her life and in her dad's life but that's not to say that we don't have moments where she's kind of confused and trying to figure it out you know she's going to be four next month and she asks a lot of, or she she did, I guess over the summer, we went through a couple of months where you can tell like her wheels are spinning and she's trying to figure this out. And we have a dog um, and she'll ask me, well, you're Higgins's mom, right? Yep, I'm Higgins's mom. Hmm, but not my mom. Hmm, right? And so she's she's trying to figure those things out. And as a general rule, you know, Jeff and I have committed to never putting her in the middle of adult things, right? If she has questions about the dynamics of our family or what's going to happen next or whose house she's going to be at, those types of things, we absolutely, like age-appropriate wise, want to explain that. But really, at the end of the day, the only thing she needs to know is that she is loved and she is loved and supported and safe. And we try really hard to give her a routine And I think it's hard and where this email, and I have a point here, where this email that was sent to me a little while ago struck a chord was that the question basically was, what do you do and how do you support your spouse when the other parent is kind of like using the kids as a weapon or restricting parenting time um, or doing things to just make life miserable? Um, And so it's making it hard to get that consistence that consistency that routine right those boundaries those kinds of things and so the things in theory that you want to just sort of like fall into place and feel easy like oh well the kids know they're loved and we have a routine it feels like in a moment sometimes those things take the back seat because you've got a million different dynamics coming from the other side whether that's high conflict co-parenting, manipulation, controlling behavior, threatening behavior, like all the things. And, you know, I would tell you, again, we have that sort of like perfect world scenario where one relationship ends and and the co-parenting begins and you can work together um, in the best interest of the child. Um, But I think what I've learned, like, through our journey is unfortunately I think that that is I don't know maybe the exception to the rule there's a lot of feelings and dynamics involved and um and it's not always easy and so you know to answer the question of how do I support my spouse when the ex is making things difficult here's what I learned um And it took me a long time and talking to my own therapist to figure this out. And so I make it sound easy in a 20, 30 minute podcast, but um, it's not easy and you want to do things right and you want to do things, you know, the best that you can without sort of losing yourself in the process. And I think what I would tell you is to remember that 
as a step parent, as much as we want to get in there and fix things and smooth things over, I don't know that it's our place um, to do that. And so as much as you want to take that pain from your partner, you can't do that because it's their dynamic and their pain to work through. That being said, though, I do think as a partner in a relationship, step parent aside, but just as a partner, you have an opportunity to listen, to validate, um, and to, you know, to ask, like, are you asking for advice or do you just need to vent and you're wanting me to listen? And I can tell you for like in the beginning um, with Jeff and I, it was extremely difficult for me to watch him navigate the court system and the lawyers and all the stuff that was happening. And, um, I wanted to fix it, right? It was uncomfortable. I hated seeing him in pain, but it started to kind of, I don't know, like not affect our daily routine, but there was definitely like sometimes a heaviness, right? In our relationship, depending on, um, whatever was going on with his ex. And, um, what I learned was that he needed to, to navigate and deal with this in a way that he felt ownership over. And so I could listen and validate and agree with him. Like that's crazy. Um, but then I think where I came in that really started to help was I would ask him things like, so what do you want to, what do you think you, you want your next steps to be? How can I support you? Um, what do you think would help this feel better? You know, how can I support you with that? And when he kind of came up with a plan about, hey, this is kind of what I think I want to do next. I want to contact, you know, this person or my attorney or that person. I'd say that then I could support him, right? Okay. Yep. I, I agree with that. I, and we would discuss, you know, our options, right? Now, when you've got somebody actively working against you, the example in the email that was brought up was like, this person is using one child in particular as like the information source or the go-to source. And I just think shame on them because that's a burden that children should never have to bear, number one, because number one, it puts pressure on them where they almost feel like they have to morph into two people, to like one, one version in one house, one version in another. Because the collateral, right, or like where they might be getting positive reinforcement in the other house is how much can you tell me about what's happening in dad's house? And that's just crap and unacceptable. And I can't think of a reason why that's ever okay. And so I won't condone it. That being said, though, one of the worst feelings in the world is when you know it's happening and there's nothing you can do to intervene. And so, you know, we had a lot of similar things going on um, in, in our house. And so, yeah, I mean, I talked to my own therapist and Jessica, if you're listening, thank you so much. But one of the things that she taught me was that, you know, at the end of the day, as cliche as it sounds, the only thing you're going to be able to control is you, your reaction and what happens in your home. And so when the kids come to your home and obviously there's something going on from the other home or maybe they're not um, being nice or respectful to you or they don't want to be there or whatever's going on. The dialogue needs to be, um, you know, supportive, loving and validating, but also 
hey, you know, in our house. And and we start a lot of things with my stepdaughter with like, ooh, that sounds really confusing, right? Because in mom's house, it's one way. But you know what? In our house, we do it this way. And we love you no matter what. But in our house, this is what we're going to do. Because the best thing you can do for those kids is give them something to expect and count on in your home. You can't control, unfortunately, what's happening in the other home. You absolutely have an opportunity to control and manage what's happening in your home. And sometimes all that is, is giving a kid that's in a chaotic situation something they know they can count on. Whether that's the same bedtime, whether that's we have a snack after dinner, we brush our teeth after dinner, and those things might seem insignificant, but they are so important when you've got kids going back and forth to two different homes, especially homes that are wildly different parenting style-wise. Because what... I I have a feeling what's happening in this situation is these kids feel pulled in two different directions and sort of two different loyalties, um, depending on what mom's doing, not doing, um, restricting parenting time. That's just, ugh, that's terrible. And I'd love to get Jeff in here and do an episode um, as well, just to get a guy's perspective. But it's really unfortunate because it puts the kids in a bad situation, but it makes your parenting time that much more uncertain and high conflict too, because you don't know where you're sending them back to or what happened when they, you know, when they were at the other one's house. And so, um, something that we say in our house a lot, a lot is, oh, wow. Yeah. That, I bet that's really confusing. It's different in both houses, huh? Well, in our house, this is what we do. And by doing that, we give her something that she can count on. She knows what to expect in our house. It's it's done and done. Um, and I don't know, you know, everybody has different situations. I can tell you in our situation, we've really had to rely on as much as it, I hate to say it, but on um, structuring things within the legal system. Um, regarding parenting time and regarding um, expectations. And the, the if you're having a situation where you've got a parent withholding parenting time or using a child against you, that's unacceptable. And somebody needs to get in there. And so there are people like custody evaluators and parenting time expediters that are an objective party that takes hopefully the conflict out of things so mom and dad aren't fighting back and forth but you've got an objective party saying nope this is what we're doing you're not going to manipulate you're not going to withhold parenting time that's not the rule and so it takes you out of that high conflict position a bit and puts an objective party in to make sure that everybody's getting consistent equal um, parenting time And yeah, I think in a perfect world, could you work it out outside of the courts? Sure, I think that would be ideal. But man, there are some situations where that's just not possible. And it's really unfortunate that that is the case, but that's the case. I mean, if that's what's happening, I would encourage you to get some help that's objective and understands the system because the kids are going to benefit in my opinion, in the long run from a consistent parenting schedule, um, a consistent schedule where they know what to expect and whose house they're going to be at. And um, it's hard. And so, you know, my other bit of advice is it's not selfish to take care of yourself. 
it's not selfish to say, you know, I need to see a counselor or I need to go to the gym and work out and just take a break. That doesn't mean that you're not committed to the family or you love your partner any less. It means that the feelings that come with being a step parent are real and it's not, it's not easy, but I think that the, the parent sets the tone, right? For how that relationship goes and regarding respect and listening and what your role is in the house and, and those types of things. And so you do have to not also be afraid to ask for what you need. You know, if you need your partner to step in and say, hey, can you let the kids know that this is our routine and this is what's happening? Because if it comes from the parent, it may be better well received, right? Each family and dynamic is different, but you can't be afraid to ask for what you need. And I would tell you too, to have so much, if, as hard as it is sometimes, have compassion for what you're both going through. It's not easy. And we want to put the kids first, but at the same time, you've got to also take care of yourself and put your relationship first because, you know, a healthy healing relationship is also within the beneficence of the kids for them to have that one, you know, family unit, at least in one house that they can count on and have that consistency with. That's huge. You know, and I, I grew up with a stepdad and, um, and a stepmom. And my step-parents were both really involved um, in my life. And they, you know, it was just kind of natural to me from a really young age that I had step-parents. And I'm I'm grateful for my step-parents 100%. And um, I'm grateful that they were people that I could count on. They were people that I trusted and loved. And, you know, that is, uh, it's huge and it's valuable. So when we talk about... How do you support your spouse? I think you listen. I think you remember that it's not your job to fix as much as you want to. You want to be able to take that pain away. I think that you also have to take care of yourself. You've got to be mindful of your tension and the stress in your own body and say, what do I need to do to just take a minute here and and soften um, my approach to myself and give myself some love? That is all extremely important. Step parenting is not for the faint of heart, my friends. <laughs> it's it's uh it's hard and and sometimes it's a roller coaster and you can't guilt yourself or shame yourself for having negative feelings sometimes and saying this is like this is a racket. Like this is a lot of drama for lack of a better term when you've got it coming from the other side like all the time. And you think this is no way to live a life. Um, But I'll tell you what, when you can focus on your family unit, your relationship, and understanding the only thing you really can control is how you approach those kids and how you structure your home, I think that you make room to start to realize that there's a lot of room for love and grace and support. And you take the wins when you can have them. And when it's high conflict and bad and they're using the kids against you and all of the things, you can be sad that those kids are in that situation. But when they come to your house, you know that you're going to provide structure, love, and support. And, And it's okay to be firm about that. Hey, guys, in our house, this is how we do this. And if they say things to you, I've had clients say to me, well, my stepkids, they come over to the house and then they say, well, mom said that you and dad did this, 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 and this. 
Well, I what I would say to that is um, those are very adult things that I don't want you to worry about, and your dad and I will handle that, okay? So in our house, we focus on being a kid, having fun, being kind and respectful, and that's all you need to know. And you take yourself out of that conflict as a family unit because those are adult things that kids should never have to deal with. And that's really unfortunate. And if the kids are upset by it, don't be afraid to validate, right? Ooh, that sounds really tough. I'm sorry that happened to you. I'll tell you what, dad and I will handle that, okay? And in our house, what I need you to be focused on is feeling loved and I want you to have fun and be safe and dad and I will handle that. And it's, it's a lot. Um, it is, it's a lot. But unfortunately, I think that strict boundaries are good with the other co-parent. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Not getting involved in the, the high conflict stuff. So not firing back, not insulting back. The, the most, you know, consistency is important with kids. But I think it's also important when dealing with a high conflict ex where, um, you know, we use the term gray rock a lot, where you basically are as exciting as a gray rock in your responses, meaning you state the facts, right? And you set boundaries and clear, strict, consistent boundaries are, um, I think, important for your own mental health, but also important in not sort of fanning the flames of what the other one's trying to do. Because unfortunately, it sounds like in in the situation you emailed me about, that's what's happening here is they are trying to inflame the situation, unfortunately, and make it really hard for you. And the best thing you can do is make it easier on you and stick to the facts. Um, and if they're withholding parenting time, so not okay. And I think that somebody else in in an objective position needs to get involved and say, you can't do this anymore because it's hurting the kids. Um, so, you know, set parenting in general, I will finish by saying has been amazing and I am amazed and my heart is full every day at this little girl that blew into my life um, like a tornado and it's so fun and she's skiing now and she's really getting um, you know just creative and talkative and and brave and it's just been it's been so much fun it, it hasn't come without its share of hardships and it in its share of saying what is happening and there's a lot of things that happen where you're just like Jeff and I look at each other and say this just isn't fair this is crazy um and I think it's about making peace with what you can accepting um which means you don't say that something's right or wrong but you try to work within the reality that is and getting a good support system on your side to say, hey, this isn't okay and we can't continue doing this or living like this or co-parenting like this um, and making changes where you can that puts you and, and your family first. And so I hope that that's helpful. Um, if you guys have questions for me, you can email me at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at what's next with Lisa same on Twitter. Um, and I love hearing your feedback. I love taking your questions and I'm going to see if I can get Jeff in here. Um, if you guys want it for another step parenting podcast and we'll get the guy's perspective. 
Um, but I can tell you none of this would be possible without him because he chooses us first every day. And I am, uh, every day grateful for that. So I hope that you guys have a wonderful day. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And remember today's a perfect day to ask yourselves what's next. See ya.